Welcome to Mind the Gap, a podcast about comics. I'm Jay, and with me is Mikhail, and together we'll be talking about comic books and everything that spins out of it, like movies, TV, games, and everything else in between. We'll try our best to dive deep, covering the art, the stories, themes, the creators, both publication and character history if we can, but no matter how far we go, we'll always go back to the source. So if you find any of that interesting, grab your shield, strap on your boots. Hail Hydra. Welcome to today's episode of Mind the Gap. Uh, we are going to be talking about the recently ended Falcon and Winter Soldier. And we're also going to be talking about specific books, namely Truth, Red, White, and Black by Robert Morales and Kyle Baker. And we're also going to be covering Volume 6, Number 19 of Captain America by Ed Brubaker and Steve Epting. Right? Yep. So yeah. For today's episode, because Captain America is um, a character that we don't really have much experience on. Well, basically, my experience on Captain America has just, just been Avengers. Same. Um, same. It's usually in I, a group setting. Yeah, I don't have all the Brubaker Captain Americas yet. So, um, because of that, we got a friend who is very well-versed in the universe of Captain America. So, welcome to the podcast, Nate, our first guest oh. ever. Woo! We got an expert. Hi. <laughs> so they want you give like I'm a the quick, prototype. The yeah, would you give a for the show? Yeah, give like a quick, int- quick intro of yourself and um, yeah, man. So you, uh, I'll I'll, you I'll give you audience. I'll give you like some you know, some some like a background music. When Captain yeah. America throws his mighty shield. Shield. <laughs> 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 shield, shield, the villain shield must yield—the red and the white and the blue. I, I don't remember the rest of it, but yeah. So welcome, yeah. man. How's, how's it going? Uh, life's good. Life, life's okay. I mean, stuff here and there, but yeah, nice. that's why we go in the comics, we go in the shows, get a little break from everything. Mm-hmm. It's our it's our little way of. Makes you wonder why I follow Captain America when it's so much realism. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Well, I mean, it's a hot topic right now, right? With um, mm. with the change of uh, Captain America and all that stuff. Spoilers. Oops. I don't know. I'm assuming people have already <laughs> People have had a week. It. People have had a yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um... Yeah, definitely... Facebook's kind of spoiled everyone with, with that. Yeah. I know exactly right. But they, they, they definitely... Marvel definitely, definitely used, um... Falcon Winter Soldier to address some, some, uh, some tensions that are happening in in the country right now, uh, which is why we cho- also chose to do Truth, because I don't know why this comic isn't more um, of a big deal. This was released in twenty eighteen, yeah. right? It's pretty no, recent. No, no, it was it was way earlier than that. Let when me, was it released? Let me check. Um, it was released on two thousand three. Oh, 2003. Why did yeah. 2018? 2003. Dude, that's crazy. Because um, <laughs> it feels so It feels so recent, right? Yeah, it also explains why... It's so relevant. It, the, um, there's a lot of language used and a lot of, like, 
imagery that I think wouldn't fly today. Mm. Um, or maybe Wait, so, it would. So let's give a yeah. let's give a short summary. Yeah, so yeah, for, give shorts, yeah. For truth, uh, red, white, and black. Basically, the story is um, apparently there was a prototype, a bunch of prototype super soldiers before Steve Rogers, mm-hmm. and the U.S. government used um, African Americans soldiers uh, in their experiments, and it was mm-hmm. mishandled. It was it was done really badly. It was very inhumane, actually. And the story is like surprising, not surprisingly, the story is pretty dark and graphic and i think really sheds a light on the atrocities that were done before and it was just written so well yeah it it it, um it definitely brings to light that like during these times of war um like the um, america's stance i feel is pretty much like yes we'll have these um african-american soldiers on because we kind of need them but you know they still kind of despise them and like you know there's still some racial tensions there um it's a big reason why like you know people like Muhammad Ali when he was drafted mm. was like why would I fight in some war Viet Cong did nothing to me like you know if anything the problems I'm facing in reality like are happening in my country um it just kind of sheds a light on it um and shows kind of the relationship between like I guess African Americans and the army per se but i don't know i don't want to like make snap judgments Actually, on that mm-hmm. yes Nate? if if you if i guess i just want to put something in there in the middle mm-hmm. um well truth when it was written in 2003 kind of um it's ambivalent about who came first who came after mm. uh the the, the rest of continuity eventually explains and clarifies what occurred there because if, if you follow the old comics when you get to it you're like some things they don't add up and they eventually ironed it out that the black super soldier squad um of isaiah bradley and his friends they come after steve's first experiment and you can see it at the end of the sixth issue where um uh he tells the the fascist white former lieutenant that mm. he recognized the individual from somewhere. So Steve came first by um, Erskine, as we know it in the movies. And yeah. someone else, uh, he was going by the, the code name Reinstein. And then when he died, they passed his work to someone who went by the name Reinstein as well. And his name was um, Wilfred Nagel, who we see in the series in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So Isaiah comes after, Isaiah and the other black super soldiers come after trying to recreate Steve's serum, which is if you see in the Winter Soldier, Mm, Isaiah doesn't seem to be all composed. Yeah. He he, he fidgets, he's kind of, he's borderline John Walker when John takes the first shot and he's like, he he, he just wiggles in and Mm. out. Um, Because no matter what Wilfred Nagel said, that his serum was perfect, it really wasn't. So that's why okay. it causes delusions that John yeah. Walker had mm-hmm. and why it killed the other super soldiers who worked with with Isaiah Bradley. Because it was imperfect. Yes, because it wasn't perfect. Yeah. And it doesn't also, have the whole giant biter ray thing. Yeah, that also explains and then I guess why it, Isaiah has some neurodegenerative problems from the serum. Right? Yeah. Yes. 
he they, they were trying to reverse engineer um, Erskine's serum, and the guy after felt like he'd done it great, but the truth is, by not doing the other half, the Viter Ray thing, the whole when Steve comes out of that weird machine, yeah. uh, it doesn't it doesn't with his body. And yeah. I guess since you mentioned earlier about about um, the racist issues in the U.S. Army and other matters, um, I guess just for anyone who's interested, it actually is a poke at the Tuskegee Syphilis Studies. Mm, yeah, the the oh, U.S. Yeah, government yeah. Yeah. used the Tuskegee soldiers. Uh, to test for syphilis. Yeah, yeah, I read yeah. about that. That was messed up. Mm-hmm. And so I, I guess there's a lot of sort of um, it sort of pulls from a lot of American history because not just that. There's also like when they first um, get on the boat, um, and I think it's Isaiah Bradley that's like they're both kind of him and another soldier kind of nervous because you know they've never been on a boat before, and like when they're on the boat, they're like underground, uh, like they're they're below deck and then one of them gets sick like these are all like sort of stories of uh, what happened when um slaves were first brought from africa to to the u.s um so i guess they, they pull from a lot of stuff in the american yeah. history not just yeah yeah so yeah, they, they, they really do um i was mm-hmm. reading up on on robert morales who wrote the series mm-hmm. and um he says well basically his an article on him says that a lot of the series was informed by studies of African American history at the Schomburg Center for Research in Black Culture. So, yeah. this guy really did his research, and that's why, mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of specific stuff that is yeah. mentioned in in the series. It's not just mm-hmm. like some random stuff here and there. There are names, there are dates, there are mm-hmm. like specific events. It's very well written, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think because um, I, I was first kind of. Like I was wondering why the the art choice, and I think it's because when um, and I uh, I'm gonna take a stab at it here. I think Jay, you you have something on the art. Is it because um, a lot of sort of the old like news comics and like propaganda were kind of drawn in this style from like back in the day. That could be one. Yeah. Okay. So um no that that's that's what my take on it because like if you read like. Because if you look at a, a lot of comics back then, it's kind of like the art style was. And also because like they always seem to exaggerate how they would draw um, like African-Americans in those days where it's like they're always, they always seem to have like exaggerated features when they were drawn back then. So I don't know if that's kind of why the art choice was. It could be. It could be. Yeah. Um, I, my, my theory is um, I was actually pretty surprised with the selection of Kyle Baker for the art. Mm-hmm. Like, because I, I knew... Kyle Baker basically from his run on Plastic Man which is mm-hmm. as goofy and as silly as you can imagine right mm-hmm. but then as I was reading the story um, if you've ever read Scott McCloud's Understanding Comics he, he uses um, this triangle to explain art in sorry types of art uh, yeah, so yeah. you have abstraction now, yeah. you have realism mm-hmm. and then you have language mm-hmm. so with art that's that's very realistic it's hard to project yourself as the reader onto a character so it's always mm-hmm. viewed as other but mm-hmm. then as something is simpler it's easier for you to project yourself so like a good example would be the work of i might i'm, I'm gonna try to say it with with the right like accent <laughs> he, herge the author of tintin 
Oh, okay, T- yeah, yeah. Tintin's art is very, very simple. But then mm-hmm. if you look at the backgrounds in the comics, it's highly detailed. Because mm-hmm. he want, he would want you to project your character onto Tintin. Mm-hmm. But then he wants you to feel like, oh, this everything is so other, everything is so strange and amazing. That's mm-hmm. why those are highly detailed. And then when I was reading at first, like, it, it reminds me of Art Spiegelman's Mouse. Yes, where, great, um, great na- comic, yeah. Yeah, amazing comic where, where mm-hmm. the Nazi, um, like, horrible stuff they did was done using very, very simple drawings of animals, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it's horrendous. So, yeah. like, it's hard to project yourself into something that terrible, right? So I think maybe that's why they made it simpler at first. Because they wanted us to project ourselves onto the characters, despite how terrible and difficult the circumstances they were living in mm-hmm. is. Yeah. But then as you get to issue 5 or 6 or 7, when Steve Rogers arrives, you mm-hmm. start noticing that the characters get more detailed, that the backgrounds get more detailed. Yeah. And I think that's because they didn't want us to relate to the characters anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, they wanted us to... to feel that Isaiah and Steve were both legends. They're different from us. They are mm-hmm. symbols of 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 America or just yeah. symbols of just like being historic individuals. Yeah. No, and, and I and think they, that's why they did that kind of art style. Yeah, no and um and it's actually funny you say that cuz they kind of pull on that at the end with like the legendary status because they get like a full on like Isaiah Bradley, at least gets a full-on conversation with Hitler and Goebbels. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. these these are the people that you could compare these people because, like, you know, I guess in like the German like Third Reich or whatever, um, you know, Hitler and, and Goebbels are kind of like their their heroes. I mean, quote mm. unquote heroes to them, right? To the to Nazi Germany. To the Nazis, yeah. Whereas, like in in the comics, we we had like Captain America was a symbol of 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 being heroic, and so Isaiah Bradley is also up there. Um, yeah. And we should recognize that, you know, these people also contributed to the war. Because um, if you watch a lot of, like, World War II movies, there's not a lot of representation there for African-Americans. No, there's not. Um, and, and they were, they fought, they fought in the war, too. You know? It's, um... Red it, it's a def- yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, an, an int- it was definitely an interesting read. Um, I kind of laughed when Hitler showed up because the way he's drawn. I don't know, there's something about when you see Hitler now, it's like... After like all the, which all the is which is good, right? Like yeah. parody, yeah. parody. Yeah, we yeah, should be yeah. making fun of these assholes. Like they should yeah. not. They should look stupid. They should look silly. So yeah, yeah. right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, Nate, did you have any uh, any initial thoughts on like the art of the comic or um, what was your? How did you feel when like you first read this as like you know a Captain America? That is it because is, is this when they first reveal Isaiah Bradley? Yeah, um, actually, Captain America fans were pretty split. I think from what I from what I read yeah, up on, yeah, like some yeah. people were like, "This is amazing," and then some people were like, "This is this is shitting on the legacy of Captain America." So, what did yeah. you feel as as a as a fan? When I when it first came out in two thousand three, I gotta admit that I was put off by the art style. Um, mm. I was a lot younger then. Yeah. Uh, so I went through it, didn't quite appreciate how they they used the art to convey something else but for me uh it really was just a question of so where does this fall in the timeline um i've always been a view of a view that we're the same <laughs> as, long, as long as it's written well then it has a place and it can make sense mm. so 
while other people are always like this is shitting on this character's legacy this is um rumors so i'm like unless it goes against something so core essential to the individual i don't see why something like this takes anything away from him at the end we even get steve rogers who finds out that bad things happen to people because of his legacy and he goes out of his way on a manhunt to find this man yeah only to be to be recognized immediately by his wife welcomed into the home mm-hmm. so shocked she doesn't remove her burqa and tells him that you know i was very happy to see you because then somehow she i don't know it, it builds steve as an even better character he's an individual who at the very end of the comic denounces everything about white supremacy yeah. even among white pro white americans um telling him that when he encounters someone who says i'm a fan all he can look is are you serious and then he walks out of the room like who the hell do you think you are yeah yeah so i i, I was always i was always for it i just needed to understand so the dreinstein guy orangstein's a code name they did that well <laughs> So this is Wilfred Nagel. This is and it all fits, and I'm like, yeah, it's all good. The timeline is later, important. Yeah. Yes, the timeline is important, particularly since compared to DC, Marvel tends to do quiet, loose retcons, subtle retcons, as opposed to DC, which says we're gonna kill our universe and recombine it all over again. And I'm like, oh. okay. Nate, okay. don't, don't even don't even get me started. Oh no, this is the DC. second episode in a row that we just shot on the discontinuity. <laughs> crisis. Hey, don't I love even. DC. I love DC as much as I love Same, Marvel. Yeah, we we do. We but do. when no, crises happen, that's crazy. No, the, see the 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 DC love is like a love hate relationship. It's like yeah. um, you know, it's the unstable relationship. While Marvel is like the you know what you're gonna get, you're gonna get but, good yeah, stuff all the time. Yeah, if, if, yeah. if you wanna, right, if you wanna get goddamn internet. If you want to get Mikhail's like full-on disappointment in DC continuity, go back to our previous episode for yeah. everyone listening. It's all there for you. All right, I will yeah. check that out. Yeah, it's all laid <laughs> and out. Honestly, I'll, I'll plug it for you guys. Thank you. It's always entertaining to hear people who love DC stuff get really angry about it. Oh, you know that's, it's that's me and him. Really <laughs> yeah. You don't him. get angry like that. Yeah. You don't yeah. get angry like that if you don't love something. <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. It's um, you know, because you know, because you know, deep inside, you, you, you it can do better. They can do better yes. with the medium that they always. With the, and, yeah, always. And, if, and if we're not noisy, like they're not gonna know. They're just gonna keep doing what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Which it seems like they they they're not listening. <laughs> they just keep doing what they're doing. <laughs> We've been angry for years, man. It's been twenty years. <laughs> but but anyway, like that's um, you know what 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 Nate says very interesting because. It seems like you know, because uh, we all grew up in in the Philippines, right? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I was I was born in the USA, but then I spent most of my um, formative years in the Philippines. But it's like to us, reading something like this, we wouldn't really think of the the political uh, uh, racial issues right away, right? Like Nate was really more concerned with like, okay, so, but how does this fit into Captain America's like? Same story here. right yeah so like I don't, I don't know i think we were too young just flew over our yeah also yeah we also we're, we're we're also too young um but now and it's amazing yeah yeah but now it's like looking back at this it's it's crazy that 17 18 years later it's still the same 
sort of issues. Not even like years later, 50, 60 years later, um, it's kind of the same issues. Yeah, it took but me a while to, to land a copy of this actually because I, yeah. I was aware of it back in 2006 when I read about it in Young Avengers because um, Isaiah's nephew, no, no, sorry, grandchild is yeah. part of the Young Avengers. So I was like, mm-hmm. I've always wanted to read this. And I'm glad that I, I got to read it. Eli. Eli, Eli. So, who is in Falcon and Winter Soldier? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it, it's, it's... No, you're good, man. Yeah, I got I cut out. Nate's... Sorry. I missed it. No worries, yeah. no worries. Nate's been cutting in and out. But it's okay, man. We, we were just um, kind of recapping on uh, what you said and how it's interesting that kind of, I guess, if you're reading it from not an American perspective or if you're not in America you'd be reading this comic looking at it more as okay how does this fit then into the timeline how does this all make sense Um, or even as a kid right because it it came out I guess 17 years later but me reading it for the first time Hmm. um, I see all how it all relates to what's happening now and how and what's happening in Falcon Winter Soldier because they're kind of now Marvel sort of making up for what they did to um, to Isaiah Bradley in, yeah. two, in the 2003 comics um, and by making the homeboy Falcon ah, ah, the new Captain America <laughs> which I think was was great um, I I didn't I wasn't a fan of the series um, too much I don't I feel like they were trying to do too much with uh, too little um, like they were trying to bring up um was we'll say like John Walker, and then they were also trying to finish up Bucky's list of whatever, and they were also trying to build up Falcon, and it all just sort of all happened in six forty-five minute episodes, and I don't think we got enough of all of them to really yeah. to really um, see it. I don't know how you guys felt about the series in general, but that's just how I felt. Before anything, I just want to mention <laughs> since we're still talking about I say Bradley, mm-hmm. I just want to give a shout out to Carl Lumbly. Who played Isaiah Bradley? Not yeah, only was he, oh amazing, yeah, he was good. Not mm-hmm. only was he an amazing Isaiah Bradley, but he was also an amazing Martian Manhunter back in um, the Justice League. Yeah, Games, right. Oh, he, was, he, did, he did the voice. Yeah, he did. And then he also played oh, wow. Martian Man John Johns's dad in Supergirl. So His dad this guy is just Supergirl. legendary, yeah. man. He's just crossing over, yeah, doing everywhere. whatever he feels like. Yeah. But yeah, um, I right there. Yeah, it's just, yeah, this guy's credentials are just crazy. Um, but yeah, I actually really, really liked it. Um, admittedly, uh, I kind of like the first Captain America comics I really read was um, right before Avengers Assembled. So it was Winter Soldier when when Ed Brubaker and Steve Epting's Winter Soldier. Like that, that's that's what I kind of grew up on and then I grew up on New Avengers when Bucky took over his cap so mm-hmm. when when the show was announced and then obviously it was going to be about um, Sam taking up the shield I was like but I, but I like Bucky that's how I felt and then I read Rem- Remenders who I know Nate has an issue with um, Remenders run on Captain America and I was like with Sam as Captain America, I was like, no, 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 this this guy is good. Honestly, he's such a fun read. And then how they handled Anthony Mackie as Sam, mm-hmm. and then how he grappled with with the idea of being a symbol, how he used his um, experience as a social worker 
mm-hmm. in, in, in dealing with problems not only with people he knew in real life but also the villains of the story yeah honestly I was convinced that this guy was the right guy for the job I, I mm-hmm. hella enjoyed this show and yeah. I think the stuff that lacks maybe uh good reason to expect another season maybe because I find yeah. I find it hard to expect a one division season two but mm-hmm. for this one I'm like please give me a season two like it, it makes sense yeah they could just do a whole show on um on him now as Captain America yeah I, like the, the the real issue I think that he was like sort of battling with um because you see a guy like John Walker in the series sort of like be excited to be Captain America right it's like dude this is what I've been this is what I've been like training my whole life for an opportunity like this and it's because Shepard like you're you're white growing up in America like things have been pretty good for you you're like the all-american and whatever with with um with with Sam it's like it's a little different and especially like growing up in the south um and be also already being in the army you, you, like he already sees that there's a there's going to be sort of an issue with a black Captain America because America's not always sort of represented them well. And so he had to mm-hmm. sort of grapple with all of these things. Can I really be a symbol for America when America has not necessarily been so kind to me and 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 um and my people, right? And I think him taking it on is just um kind of like there's going to be some people who are not for it and there's gonna be some people who like really really like it but I think it's a it's a good turn for for Marvel um, yeah even though uh, yeah it's, it's gonna be a hard one it's because it's hard what well, a it's hard to follow Steve Rogers regardless um, especially what um, like what Chris, like Chris Evans performance as Steve Rogers is already super good um, mm. and it's it's just gonna be it's gonna be weird, I think, seeing him at first. Cause I, when I saw him in the ca- in the costume, even though I already knew what he looked like in the comics, seeing him in the costume like in the flesh was kind of weird for me. I, it was it was kind of jarring. It was kind of like, oh shoot, they actually did it. <laughs> it it started getting comfortable for me when when someone like photoshopped uh, Rob Lee Field like giant chest Steve Rogers onto An- <laughs> Anthony Mackie's photo. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, this can work. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, Sorry, go. What were you saying? What are you gonna say? <laughs> I froze for a bit. Yeah. yeah. Um. I actually think I I enjoyed seeing Sam as Cap. Like, cause when I was reading the comic, I was like, okay, this this is pretty cool. But then seeing it in 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 video, seeing it like in action, like him flying around throwing the shield, I was like, this works. This works. Mm-hmm. I love this. Did not expect yeah. to love this. I love it. I love seeing this. Mm-hmm. So yeah. What about you, Nate? Yeah. What did you What did you think of the the passing of the the mantle? Yeah, passing of the torch. I felt like it did the comics justice. At the same time, it followed the narrative threads that the MCU itself laid out from the very beginning. So when there were some people, when it all started out that at the end of Endgame, who should we wield the shield? Everyone was either Team Bucky or Team Sam. And Mm. all I could think was, the most important thing first is to establish the importance of the mantle, the power behind the flag, and the effects it can have on society. Because it really is a depiction of American patriotism as 
as an old Captain America author, um, Gruenwald, would like to point out that mm. patriotism isn't always good. When patriotism is taken too far, it can be dangerous. So, I always you told would, you people, would have, you would have people like Nuke or yeah, Nuke or or John Walker or Ultimate Captain America. So, I told people back then, John Walker has to happen before mm. either Sam or Bucky get it. You have to see someone who doesn't get the symbol, wear it, yeah, and drag it to the mm. mud, make it dangerous. Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally disrespect it. Well, you can't even say disrespect. More of just have a view that is entirely contrary to it without essentially being wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's, it's not... Um, they, I guess they also kind of had to show that it's not easy just picking up the symbol, right? Like what Steve Rogers... Because like, like Steve Rogers made it look very easy to be Captain America. Right, it's like you just get up all the time, um, you know. Flex, you uh, flex a bit. Yeah, you flex a bit. You uh, you stop a chopper like like this, <laughs> even though like you know that's like a like a weaker position to be in. You could yeah. like I think if he was if he had like the his <laughs> people can't see yeah. me, but if you <laughs> yeah, if his <laughs> arms were were like just like yeah. inverted, I think inverted, he would have had yeah. an easier time. A better grip, but, the, but you know but you gotta show off the muscles. Less, he would have less flex if he did that. Yeah. Yeah, but like that's that's and that's the thing. Like he made it look so easy, um, mm. and John Walker showed that it's not that easy. There's a lot of pressure on it, um, yeah. and that's and that's also why Sam uh, didn't want to take up the the mantle in the first place because he knew it was gonna be it's gonna be hard. He just gave it away. Um, but another uh, what was I gonna say? It's like I don't. I, I don't think that um, they, they also showed that he was kind of not helped at all also by the two people who I think if they had helped him um, he would have been able to be more successful I'm talking about John Walker as Captain America because mm. I feel like I feel like um, the way that the show depicted it if Sam and Bucky had accepted him mm. as a Captain America it would have gone a lot smoother for him I don't know if, if you guys felt the same way I, 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 um, um, I, 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 I like that take since when I was watching it with my wife, she also felt like they were out of line at the start. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, they should be out of line. They're filled with emotion. And um, here's a guy who's been given the position that loved ones of theirs had. And they'd assume that the government would respect them as a former soldier, Bucky. And as Sam, as a, a former soldier as well, these are, it's a story of veterans. That's what I've been trying to tell some people. It's not really yeah, a sto- story of soldiers. It's a story of veterans. And every step of the way in the series, the government keeps stepping, da- stepping on veterans. Sam gives up a veteran's shield saying that it's best to be here. And the government's mm-hmm. like, no, I'm going to repurpose this. I own it, even if you... you you put it in a museum. I'm going to take it from the museum and give it to someone I want. And I'm going to make my own own superhero. So yeah. when Bucky and Sam see the product of a disrespectful American government that they serve in the flesh, it really was going to be visceral. Like, who the mm-hmm. hell do you think you are? 
and he ends it yeah. with that line well and it would be good if i had captain america's wingman and sam just goes oh yeah there it is that's all you want you that's want us to be your partners to validate your existence add credibility add credibility yeah. to you which we know there isn't so at the same time i'm like yeah john did get the short end of the stick because as he says in episode five i did what was it episode six i did everything oh episode five i told i live by your rules you made me i did everything you told me and now you're throwing me away um he got the short end of the stick yes yeah but i can't blame sam and bucky also former veterans from being angry at a government that can't seem to respect them yeah so that's a, that's a really good take mm-hmm. no it is um and uh, uh, the part he says that was that during his hearing yeah i was in yeah, his hearing so. his hearing yeah yeah um it it's um it's interesting because he also because um didn't they say did they say in the series that the the, the serum kind of brings out more of who you really are as well it doesn't it doesn't just um release like your super strength and uh give you like all these sort of um super soldier powers but it also brings out who you are more as a person right uh, i think that was a conversation john was having with battlestar was that his name yes um, he, with brought, he brought up he brought up the idea of like what would it be like if we had powers and um battlestar just said that um, powers just bring out not super soldier serum, just powers in general. Bring out more of who you are, mm-hmm. like knowing that his friend was a great person. So yeah. that's why he was confident. Yeah, it, but yeah, so, it's a, it's a it's a really good take, and mm-hmm. I think it's a take that needs to be heard more. And because a lot of veterans um, kind of suffer from a lot of things, they don't get um, as good of a treatment as they do. A lot of them come back from from war with um, wounds, both physical and mental, emotional. So mm-hmm. I think it's a very, very good um, thing that that Marvel is kind of handling a story like that. Though I think a lot of people missed it. On, and it's good that Nate is shining a light on that. I think mm-hmm. they were really subtle about it. But I have yeah. friends who've, who've been in behavioral science and in psych who mm-hmm. appreciated how the series highlights through dialogue, which you may miss or you may notice, um little they, they they place in dialogue very important things that when you rewatch or you think on it or if you had personal experience you'd see it it's an entire series of veterans and it's also a series about governments not providing mental health care for their soldiers post-war um clearly lamar and john have ptsd so much so that sam who's a social worker at the veterans um, office, uh, the VA, John doesn't respect him for it. John specifically says, yeah, I know what you do, and I don't agree with it. Like treating soldiers as if they have a problem. But that's the thing. John has never accepted that he does have a problem. He only confides it with his best friend saying, you know, I got, we got the things we do to get those medals are very far from anything we can call good. But he refuses to see a shrink. And his government, yeah. you know, instead of telling him you need a shrink, gives him a medal for the worst days of his life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then gives him like this responsibility um, to represent something, to represent America, when he knows 
the stuff that he's done Fun. Yes. for America, right? And it's like, what? Like, I'm supposed to be like the symbol of hope, but the stuff that I did was not at all. Like, we, we, why were we even there? It was kind of that sort of thing. Yeah. Because he did like, how many tours? He did like... Three. How many tours does he say? Three, right? Three. And that's a lot, man. That's... Um, that's Years. more than Captain America. That's more than Steve Rogers did. Steve Rogers only did the one tour in um, World War Two. In World War Two, you know, and he and I mean, granted, he got stuck in ice or whatever for it, but like, um, you know, like these soldiers, they go do it over and over and over again, um, and we expect them to come back, sort of as and be seen as like these these heroes, which they are. They're brave for for doing what they do. But there's a lot that the government asks them to do. And yeah, you're right. We, we do see it a lot with John Walker um, and what's his name? Battlestar. What's his real name? Lamar um, Hoskins. Lamar, 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 yeah. With, with Lamar where it's like... Um, and I guess I didn't see it on my first watch. Uh, to me, they were just like two guys who were like kind of being epal. Who were like, you know, just <laughs> kind of like... Like we're just trying to get in the way, but um, what is what does that mean in English for for, for all the listeners? They're just well, that's why I said they're just trying to get trying to get in the way. They're trying to um, they're just you know, just playing along. They're just trying to be like, uh, like fodder for um, Bucky and Sam. <laughs> you know, just like yeah. you know, but they they were trying to represent something uh, really well, and they kind of do it better as the show goes on. I think they were um, for me. Yeah, for me actually, like the the fact that they showed Sam as a social worker using his skills was one of the reasons why I was won over. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And um, we also, I think, I think in episode one or episode two, when John Walker first shows up, um, they do an interview in a football field. Uh, yeah. He, he, they yeah. show him outside, inside the locker room, looking at his old locker. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, there's also a chance that this guy was a very, very active football player. And then the repeated hits, all the concussions he might have gotten might have contributed yeah. to CTE, right? Yeah, yeah. Um so it could also be that combined with PTSD. That's rough, dude. And I mm-hmm. I think it's it's a it's it's a good reason that it's sorry, it's a good it's a good thing that Sam is the foil to his story because it shows that you know these things, these these um difficulty with emotions with um mental disorders, it really does need to get addressed. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was subtle. But I hope more people pick up on that. I guess yeah. this is one thing that going back to where, where we started with this particular train in the discussion about how if Bucky and Sam had helped Lamar uh, and John from the John. beginning, maybe John would have been different. Another thing that I, I wanted to point out to some people, well, 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 I think other people may not have noticed, is um, Bucky's a former soldier who has been on the run governments have turned on him and he was used by another government so he's inherently distrustful of anything government he's a veteran and people forget a lot of veterans in the u.s are living on the streets and they're like yeah the government has done nothing for me and that's bucky that's Mm -hmm. one um another end and from while sam's is a little bit more personal because he feels like his trust like once again, I'm a black man and the government has ignored. I'm a black soldier and the government has um, stepped over my right. I donated this to a museum. They're ignoring me. Bucky is more of, I have a problem with government. It's hard to trust. And you're a government dog. You've been given this suit to be a government agent 
for what has become a civilian identity. And that's why he can't trust John. And his yeah. lack of trust is validated. We, I mean, we have to give Bucky that. He's going through a lot of shit. But he's been through enough shit to know what he's calling out. So yeah. we see him get arrested, go back to his therapist, and then his therapist apparently gets an order to let him go. And all John says is, and you can't see me because I turned my video off because I'm so sorry, third world <laughs> internet. Um, no worries, John does that thing where he like, um, I mean, if you're asking who did the authority to let him out, it was definitely me. You see that yeah. the power given to him by the government is already going to his head. He's flexing mm-hmm. it extrajudicially. And in the next scene, they, 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 ca- they, they call Sam and Bucky's attention by pressing a police siren. Weep, weep. And when they turn, they're just there, leaning on the cop car. And the first thing they talk about it is that the GRC, this United Nations US-backed system, is Global Repatri- Repatriation, Repatriation Committee, I think. Yeah, the Global Repat- uh, Repatriation Committee. This US-backed, UN-supported, um, massive machinery is big-brothering people. That's the first thing they tell. A bunch of guys on a cop car telling other people, yo, why, why don't you come with us? We've been satellite, um, we've been bugging people's phones, checking them out on satellite, finding out where they are, invading their privacy. Like, you know, how, how cops do it these days. And we're the good guys, so join us. And yeah, all Bucky can think is like, I'm about to punch your face. And Sam stops it. <laughs> And when they walk off, that's when John's like, if you're not with the government, stay the hell out of our way. Yeah. And so... No, that's... That, sorry, go, no, no, that, you finish, that, finish your thought, sorry. Yeah, that, that for me was like... It's another subtle thing, but I think mm-hmm. if people look at that scene again, them sitting on a police car, talking about big brothering the world, and then telling mm-hmm. people, get in line or get out of my way. That's a prevalent issue that we've had for, well, forever. For the past yeah. hundred years, it's been the same. And yeah. that's why I think it's important that comics like Truth, uh, Red, White, and Black bring up mm-hmm. things based on history. Because, you know, there are some things that we aren't aware of. Like, for example, um, the Oklahoma... Sorry, what's, what's the thing that happened at the start of Watchmen? Um, the Oklahoma yeah, yeah, bombing? that one. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I was born and raised in Asia, and these are things we were never, like, like, these were never explained in school. So when I saw it mm-hmm. for the first time, I was like, what? What the heck? This happened? So it, it's, yeah, exactly. Like, how, how could something like that happen? And it, it, it gets, it got me to read up and be aware of these things. And I think that, you know, it's good for, for, for things like comics to include things that actually happened. Um, because it makes us it aware, and interest. awareness awareness stops us from repeating these things. Some sometimes, yes. Right? So, yeah. yeah, like yeah, no, it's. I was going. You go uh, ahead. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say, um, you know, people try to right now. We we try to like forget history, mm. you know. Um, and another like a big controversial thing is always like um, people want to like tear down these statues of like Confederate generals yes. in the South. Mm. Um, and in my mind, it's like, you shouldn't destroy them. 
move them from where they are, where they're like in bright daylight. Maybe move them to a museum. Yes. Move them to like the gutter, but we can't destroy them because if we destroy them, then we forget, forget eventually. Them. That's yeah. that's why um in the older I think in the older Looney Tunes, um. Mm -hmm. They have Tunes, uh, like they have like have they have like a disclaimer saying that at the start uh, some yeah. some some of these some of these depictions are are bad but then if mm -hmm. if we if we erase them a product if we change of their time them, yeah they're product of their time if we change them and erase them like we forget we we don't acknowledge the bad things that have happened yeah exactly so, and al already yes. people are already forgetting the bad things that we've done right so mm -hmm. it's rough we we yeah. have to be aware of them but yeah um. Speaking of, speaking of uh, historical accuracy, like there was a Nate when we asked Nate what's a, what's a comic that he wanted us to read for for the show, um, he gave us volume six number nineteen of Captain America. Oh yes. Mm -hmm. And then th th there was this one part there, where um, they even like dropped the actual drawings of Joe Simon and Jack Kirby who made Captain America, right? So I just, I just love seeing those things. Yeah, it's like um, you're talking about when he's in the hospital. Yeah, and uh, he brings out the, he pulls out the comic, right? Is that the first yeah. like Captain America yeah. issue that yeah. he pulls out of, of, of yeah. him yeah. punching, punching Hitler, Hitler in the face? Yeah, right. Yeah, um, no, it's, um, I think, like what? Because bringing it back to, um, to the comic, uh, Red, White, and Black, it's like when they bring when they bring uh, Hitler out and Goebbels out at the end <laughs> of the the comic, it's like. It's making us question, like, oh, I mean, of course, like, this exactly didn't happen, but it's forcing us to remember that um, this is based off of something. Yes. It's based off of, like, off of reality. So, like, I'm not, we're not just, um, we're not just bringing Hitler and Goebbels into this to, you know, try and be funny or poke fun or um, to, like, draw your attention. There's a reason why we, we brought these two in. It's because... This is based off of something, off of something that's real. Um, mm -hmm. It may not be exactly Isaiah Bradley, um, but like these um, ideas that Nazi Germany have are still alive today. Yes. Like people still have these beliefs, um, and uh, we could go very uh, on and on about why that that's happening. But it's something that we need to be aware of, mm. and so um, we shouldn't avoid these topics when we're writing our comics, when we're writing our our art. Right. I, I don't know if you guys have heard it as comic book fans, but then there there's a vocal group that says politics should be kept out of comics. <laughs> and <laughs> I think I think that that's completely ridiculous because uh. politics has always been a part of comic books. And I don't mm -hmm. mean like 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 political groups or whatever, but I mean like ideologies. Like for example, mm -hmm. the first Captain America comic was him punching Hitler in the face. Yeah. Come on, man! Like, how can that I, not be political? X Men. People that's, have that's to... about that's about um, diversity and people yes. uh, judging a minority, being mm -hmm. just racist and sexist and everything. So how, how think... can how can we take that out of the X Men comics, man? When it's when it's part of that's the what core. When people yeah. when people say that keep politics out of comics, um, I think what needs to be highlighted more often than not is it's entirely impossible. Because not just comics, literature in itself is inherently political. All literature. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. writers, whenever they make something, it's based on the product of their times, problems they've seen. Yes. So when people say, and I, I forgot who wrote it. I think it was, it was a review of someone about um, 1984 and how 
Orwell, Orwell. was able to foresee camera states, um, police states, uh, surveillance, and all that. And mm-hmm. the reviewer said, people make the mistaken assumption that 1984 was like something he pulled out of a dream that he foresaw the future. It wasn't. George Orwell was living in a time where he knew the state was spying on people. So he just took it on a next step. And imagine what would a police state do with new technology? Probably cameras. So inherently, all literature is political. And any demand to ask for comics not to be political will just end up with with stick figures. There's nothing in there to talk about in literature mm-hmm. unless you bring reality into it. So uh, yeah. all the weakest comics are the ones that, you know, just have people punching each other. No one remembers them for anything ever after that. But people remember things that discuss issues, political, social, ethical, personal, mental, personal, anything. Yeah. It, 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 superheroes are the genre, but the stories are reality. and. Reality is politics. That's just it. And yeah. you can even you can even go to a different spectrum and try and t- ugh, sorry my words. You can go like to a different place entirely. And then y- if you look up um, autobiograph autobiographical comics, like some of them are very very well written and they're very very personal. So, you know the the medium of comics is is not apolitical. It's it's very very all about statements and ideas. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, even like um, so like, if you, if you draw back to to the show, like Sam, Sam's problem with his family mm. is something that um, it's like you know you have you have this guy who like fought for not even just the country, the world, as as Falcon, he kind of saved the world, um, and like he can't go back home, and it happens to like a lot of like soldiers who go out and and fight in the war, right? They can't go back home and provide for their family like they can't even like pay off this debt to like save like his family's boat you know after all that he's done um at the end he can't he can't go home and then like do what's good for like his family um and it's just something that uh you know like we sort of everybody sort of faces right like they don't feel like they're fully represented where they're living it's not just america like even in the philippines it's kind of the same thing right like um but there it's more of like a hierarchy of like the the poor and like the rich and everybody in between like if if you're everybody in between and the poor like there's nothing you could kind of do um to make a difference i guess or whatever i don't know but it's 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 why we need to um always address these things because not everybody's going to read a history book right not everybody's going to take the time to like but it might make them watch these videos but yeah no exactly You, you you have to like it will build interest yeah, yeah, it has to be in pop culture for it to trickle down and influence people to actually read up more about it and um, be more into it. And so that's why I kind of liked what they... I like yeah, how they same. ended. That's why I like how they ended uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, even though I didn't really necessarily like everything that happened. I mean, I did, but like, you know, I guess looking back, it was all leading up to this, right? And that's why they did... That's why they all made all the choices... That they wanted when I was just looking for mindless fun. 
<laughs> with Captain America. Uh, I I wanted to ask Nate because when I, when I let him know that we were gonna do a Captain, uh, sorry, a Falcon and Winter Soldier episode, um, I asked him for a suggestion, and then I wanted to ask why you suggested, um, issue nineteen of Volume Six of Captain oh, America. Oh yeah, yeah. So mm. if you could give us like a short summary oh. and then just let us know what you think about it, like we'd love to hear it. So for for the people in the audience who are listening, um, Captain America's character that we've had since the 1940s, he was mm-hmm. published even before the U.S. joined the war, because yes. that was how Sim- uh, how how um, uh, Schuster and, and Kirby, Kirby yeah wanted to. That was how they were trying to push people to join the war. So you've got a character who's literally seven decades, eight decades old in publication, mm-hmm. and. Um, why I recommended volume uh, 6 issue 19 is it's the final Brubaker issue and he essentially wanted to just make a one-off that would remind people and summarize to people who Captain America is Um, when when comics were being published back in the 1960s they had thought that there was another Captain America for them, it was Steve Rogers all the way, which led to the difficult problem that um, if Captain America was active in the Vietnam War, then he committed the same atrocities that we all know led to the Winter Soldier investigations about how there was a rampant uh, problem in how people were, were thinking back in the time. So to solve yeah, that, yeah. Marvel came up with the idea that when Steve Rogers got frozen, the Captain America mantle continued. There were at least a minimum of four other people who took over. Including a patriot. Yeah. In- including a patriot. Um, Steve Rogers falls in the ice in the 1944. Um, Jeffrey Mace, the patriot, takes over. Oh, William Naslan, the spirit of 76. Then um, Jeffrey Mace. And then after the first two non-powered individuals, uh, then in the Vietnam War, a man named William Bernstein, who is completely enamored with the legend of Steve Rogers, like how most characters are in the series, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, He finds the old super soldier serum studies, makes it. It's as bad as the one that was in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, said to be perfect, but really screwed with John's head. And Mm. he becomes a delusional, manic, and very dangerous Captain America who commits atrocities in Vietnam. So much so that the government buries him in his existence. William Burnside and Captain America's part in World War II is erased, even in comic lore. So this guy just happens to come back to life years later. Um, and Steve Rogers takes him out. That's basically the comic. Steve takes him out, but he doesn't take him out with, vind- with vindictiveness. He takes him out as a person who's very sorry that his legacy hurt a person. So that's the entire story we get in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. John Walker has to take up a mantle with a legacy so heavy that he can't change the honor code behind it. He can't say, this is Captain America now. The world will refuse and say, that's not what Captain America is. And so John caves under, under it, just like William Burnside did. William Burnside just wanted to do good and Steve Rogers puts him down kindly, puts him in a hospital, and tells him, we buried you today in Arlington. Yeah, that was rough when I, when I read that. I was like, whoa. And now, 
I'm making sure you're going to get all the help you can because I am sorry. It was a heavy burden and you picked it up because I was gone. So now I promise you, you will never have to hurt like this again. No one will ever have to hurt like this again because I'm going to carry it. But in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Steve Rogers isn't there anymore. And so aside from the burden that Sam has of, you know, will America accept a black Captain America? There is also Sam who is in, at least in the MCU. I mean, in the comics as well, but in the MCU, his, his entire narrative before this series was, he's on your left. He's Captain America's newest modern day biggest fan. And mm. he understands like more than anyone else, short of Bucky, the weight of this mantle. That's why he didn't want to take it first. It was heavy. And if he takes it, then Steve Rogers isn't with him anymore. As Anthony Mackie said, you can look for the interview. He was playing Sam from a position that Sam never was never waiting in the wings to be Captain America. He never wanted it. He wanted to be the guy with Captain America, the guy who follows Captain America. And if he becomes Captain America, then Steve's no longer with him. So Sam has personal issues. He has the weight of a mantle of his best friend and the problems inherent to a black individual, a person of color in the US, ostracized, discriminated, and essentially second-class citizen in a country that is their home. And that is the weight that he has to carry in the next films, in the entirety of the MCU now that Steve Rogers is gone. And there is no Steve Rogers coming back to take that weight from him. Yeah. It, you've, you've made me uh, appreciate Captain America as like a character even more. Because hmm. now I sort of see him as um, like a legacy character that's sort of getting passed on, right? It's kind of like 007, um, kind of like Doctor Who. Yes. Um, kind of like... What's another legacy character in my head? Um, Batman. Batman to some, yeah, to some extent, but like, cause with Batman, like, it's always Bruce Wayne, right? Um, I guess with 007 also, it's always James Bond, but I feel like every James Bond was different. It's a different person. Yeah, yeah, where like with Bruce I mean, some Wayne, some people, some people even argue that every 007 might have been a different person, right? No, but, yeah, that's why when they said that, I was like, oh shoot, like 007 so much cooler uh, that way, where it's just a man. But like, with with um. With Captain America now, because there's always this idea of like what America could be, right? And like uh, the golden generation was the 1940s, yes. that, like that generation with 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 Steve Rogers. And now it's like every generation after that kind of suffered from this narrative that was written about the, the United States. Where, yes. Yeah, the greatest generation ever. They saved the world from Nazis, right? Like, well, how the hell are you going to beat that? Well, I mean, that's of course like. Uh, history is written by the winners, right? So, like, that's the narrative that we always get is that yes. America's so great. Um, but then, if anything, what history after that has shown is that America is not so great. Not and so it's, great. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's done a lot of bad things. Um, even in World now, War II. Yeah, yeah. Even in World War II, they did bad things. Like, we, we only get the good stuff, right? But, like, People you know, forget war the is never a good thing. Yeah, war, war is never a good thing. Like, like nothing good comes of it. Um, but this one in particular seemed like because there was a villain, the which is the Nazis and Hitler, 
it, it came out that way where it's like only good things came out of World War II. Yeah. When I guess, I don't know, if, you, if we talk to historians, they could point out to things that maybe weren't so good for the world. I don't know. Um, like, I'm totally out of my element when I'm just speaking about <laughs> stuff like that. But, like, in, in terms of, like, how it's represented in, in this comic, it's like the, the mantle, the, the, the heaviness that comes with this, this shield. And it's a shield, right? It's, like, supposed to be, like, something that protects everybody. That's always, like, this heavy piece of equipment. You know what? Um, what does he say when he first holds it? It's lighter or it's heavier? Does he? Um, when in Endgame? When Sam, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, how does it feel? Like someone yeah. else's. Like someone else's. There we go. He's like, but it. You know, it's. It doesn't fit, right? And it's because we're trying to be, this Captain America when we should all, all be our own version of it. Yeah. And I think that's what Sam accepted. It's like I don't have to be Steve. I just have to be me, and uh, hopefully that's good enough, right? It's great. It's good stuff. You know, I love how they handled the shield in the show. Like, it kept making heavy sounds, and yes. it just seemed so bulky. Yeah. Which was and apparently was like, purposeful. That yeah. uh, they depicted the shield like they depicted, um, like Peter Jackson depicted the one ring in lord of the rings where he had a magnet under the floor just to make it look like it was this huge heavy piece of metal um whenever it rang right yeah yeah and then in falcon and the winter soldier as opposed to all the previous depictions of the shield which are essentially like an extension of steve rogers body we're showing that no one seems to know exactly how to use it it's really heavy it's difficult no one has grace and whenever it falls on the ground it's just clang it's just absolutely no grace whatsoever as if like they said to to depict that this is a heavy burden this is something new someone has to pick up will they be able to yeah it's good um i also love that there was a filipina yes (laughs) um Helicopter pilot, I guess is what she was Um, and and a rap a filipino rap in in um yeah in Madripoor, which is supposed oh, yeah, to be yeah, like yeah, a yeah. I have some Shanty generic... Dope. It was Shanty Dope, right? Oh, I think it was Shanty no Dope song. I, I some, had to look it up. I've got some stuff to share about that, actually. It's... it's yeah, What's up? Yeah. Um, particularly it. Madripoor. One, um, there was a point in time, if you look in comics, that there's always this rich island nation that's super corrupt with a financial disparity of super rich and super poor, um, yes. usually led by really corrupt individuals. And... If you look back on history, and it, it kind of gets lost in a lot of the interviews and new things, but most of that were based off the Philippines. It was based. That makes sense. Off, it was based off Ibelda. They even have a joke in a Batman comic where Batman walks into this corrupt island person's mansion, and he says, mm-hmm. "This this this woman has has more more things than that would put even Imelda to shame." They oh, literally yeah. <laughs> name drop Imelda Marcos in a Batman comic. And Madripoor was pretty much the same. It was based on that. You can find it in one of its first appearances in a Wolverine comic that that um, mm. features both Black Widow and Captain America. Oh, dude, that is one of my favorite like, the team against the, the uh, whole issues ever. ever. And as the years go by, it just keeps getting watered down as the Philippines never changes and comics have yeah. to evolve to stay relevant. Then they put mm-hmm. in like a monarchy, they combine us with Singapore and essentially Indonesia. And now Madripoor is is an amalgamation of all these 
military, corrupt states, all these problematic islands. So when they put the the Amat song by by what's his name again, I was like, is it Shanty Dope? I think Shanty, it's Shanty Dope. Dope. Yeah, Shanty Dope. Yeah, yeah. I was shout, like, shout out, shout out. Shout out. Yeah, I mean, like, props to the team that while there's while all their in their publication information says it's based off Singapore, it really does feel like Poblacion. It feels like like That's true. and like Mercado Poblacion is this new party place in in the area. It's yeah. basically yeah. that. And then like. Shout and then you play a Filipino song and you're like, it's like an it's a sickness in the for me, it's it's a really sad thing in the comic book industry where a lot of Filipino we've been there. We've been there since the 80s. Lucas Bishop is from Tondo. That's yes. what it was supposed to be. But then when Will Sportasha made him, he was supposed yeah. to be Filipino. But then when all the outpouring of black fans were saying, We love this new black character. Editorial tells this Filipino artist and writer that can we make him black? Because clearly a lot of people think he's black and they love him. And once again, another Filipino goes out of his way to say, Yeah, sure. Just just take it. Yeah. It's fine. And that happened mm-hmm. to Star Lord, and it's happened to Madripoor, and it's happened to Lucas Bishop. And which which brings me to this thing that I, I just wanted to share. Some people I've noticed, like good friends of mine themselves. Shout out, Pao. It's your status. My friend, Pao Saleridad. Um, he posted like, it was cute that there's a Philippine Air Force person, but he said it's entirely unrealistic that someone from the Philippines, post-military, would get a high-up position in an international tribunal. It's it's like nice and yeah. cute. That's how he said it. But from, like another person on his feed said, it's appreciated, but it's entirely unrealistic. And... Mm-hmm. My position that, along with my sister, this is comics. They're not supposed to entirely be real. They address yes. realism. But the whole point of the superhero genre is aspiration. So that's the whole yes, point. Yeah. I mean, we're a bunch of artists. I mean, Lainel Yu is one of the most popular comic book write, uh, artist cover makers for he's DC on X-Men and Marvel. Right now. And nobody knows he's Filipino. Except you probably think he's then, Chinese or something. Yeah, he lives Dude, in actually, honestly, like okay, let's take this chance to shout out. There are so many like good great Filipinos, Filipino in the creators industry. in the comic book industry. Mm. Sir like, Carlo Pagulayan, Carlo Pagulayan, his soul. Yeah, ever. Um, Star Lord was create co-created by a Filipino artist. Yes, right? also. Um, Lainil Yu, who who more people need to know. The guy lives in Manila. I'm not gonna say what what city yeah. he's from. Because that's an invasion of privacy, but he lives uh, in the Miguel, metro. Is Miguel it, Mercado they, is killing it on on Mar- Marvel and DC covers right now. Are, aren't um, the Luna Brothers Pinoy? Yes, they are. But they were yes. born and raised um, somewhere else. In, in, okay. um, the the colorist or was it the letters for Wonder Woman, which we covered in oh. one of our earlier episodes, was also Filipino. Uh, Romulo Fajardo. Um, mm-hmm. Like we'll get ahead of everyone too. And we're so not. Much. You know what? Not, not even just. Um, Filipino talent that write that does art for like DC or Marvel. We also have like good like Indie local talent. talent. Yeah, like yeah. Arnold Adams. Yeah. Budget Tan and Trese. Yeah, Budget Tan. Yeah, exactly. We like, you know. And these are I'm home sure, like, every country. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Instead of like just to get into some people in the audience, are probably going to say that here's a bunch of three guys from the Philippines again <laughs> trying to claim Pinoy pride, and I'm like, no, these aren't Pinoys who were born and raised in the U.S. These are homegrown Filipinos who live yeah. here in the Philippines, mm-hmm. work from here, and they deserve the recognition. They deserve the recognition. And it's a lot. Yeah. And yeah. when they say that they're Filipino, they're, they're, I mean, 
they don't even say it. It's like the industry is so quiet about them. And so for me, while fine, I'm a lawyer. I know it's entirely unrealistic to expect uh, a member of the former, uh, like a former armed forces member to find a position in an international super tribunal, which is practically the <laughs> equivalent of the, the great eight of the United Nations. But yeah, it's a little, I mean, it's aspirational. Let's believe we can be. That's the whole point of superheroes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a nice, a nice bit of respect to you know really quiet people who've done so much for for this medium that we all love. Like, come on, I'm pretty sure some guy was like, you know, let's just make him Filipino. Why not? Yeah, and why it, not? Why not? Just why do we have to justify it? Why? Mm-hmm. That's always a thing. People are always like. A girl character needs to have like this training montage to explain why she's so strong. This black individual has to be explained why he's part of this this rich background or like a super spy. Why? Why not? Why not? Mm-hmm. Why not? Just yeah. plus, remember, it's like this happened after like half the of the black. population was cut. Disappeared. So who knows like who, how things developed, right? Malin, like, yeah. The Philippines is like the the greatest country. No, it, <laughs> right I, I I read somewhere that if if the borders didn't exist during the five years after Infinity War, imagine bro, all those, those. We're all gonna be working everywhere. Free, <laughs> we're yeah. gonna be like, yeah, we our chance do. to be free. Yeah, <laughs> we already do. <laughs> what? We don't have to stay here anymore. Let's go. Yeah. Like, Maybe on, beware. Of okay, course, there. <laughs> of course, we're gonna be everywhere. So yeah, yeah. yeah. You, it, we, just, we would be the number one enemy of the global repatriation. <laughs> Look at these you Filipinos. Like, I, have to go, I have to go back to the Philippines? Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, right? We'd be on Team Carly. We'd and be then, like, yeah. And some go Filipinos Carly, would go. be like, flag smashers. Yeah. Even before the blip, we were doing this. So no, we've got were, they, experience. Wasn't, yeah. was, wasn't the name of, of the person who raised Carly like Donya? Like, doesn't Donya that sound Madan. like a Filipino name? It is. Guys? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Donya Madani. Uh, <laughs> could be oh, last Korean name doesn't Indonesian. sound Filipino though. Yeah, yeah, last name doesn't sound Filipino. But the but, funny yeah. thing about the Philippines is, you can find all types here. Yeah, <laughs> multicultural, names, yeah. multicultural yeah. in yeah. a way. We're all from La Salle, yeah. right? I forgot. Yes. I forgot who, who that. Who is the? the we're gonna we're gonna exclude guy. we're gonna exclude our uh, our our Ateneo fans. Ah, <laughs> I absolutely it's okay. My best friend Atenean. Uh, <laughs> but like I forgot. I think it was it wasn't Medro. It was the other guy. He said that you know what the about the Philippine blood? It's like you put the blood of all the nations into a pot and started to boil it. That's literally what our yeah. country is. I mean, mm-hmm. we're the we're we're. I was talking to another friend, and since we're talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which deals with racial issues, which connects mm. to truth, red, white, and black, we are a country that celebritizes black people. And so the idea of racism is very detached from the Filipino people. They don't understand yeah. that it's a lived reality in the United mm-hmm. States, where a black man and any other person of color constantly faces danger left and right. And mm. it's probably a thing that people abroad don't notice as well, particularly since like um, my, my sister has a lot of, of, of good friends abroad. Her boyfriend's an, uh, an African-American from Georgia. Uh, mm-hmm. And he, I felt it. He's, he's always, like he's thinking, 
is it as dangerous in the Philippines as is it, as it is in the United States? And so my sister tells me about that problem and I tell her, show him a, a, the Wikipedia article of the Atenea, um, what was his name again? Kwame from, from the Ateneo Collegiate Basketball Team. He's oh, got, yeah. and I'm like, that's a perfect example of, a, of a, a black individual who comes to the Philippines and is celebritized because just, he's, just because he's black. The immediate question is, do you play basketball? And this guy does. Mm-hmm. So like, um, uh, if there's a, a, a matter of like, shows like these matter, because there are places in the world like the Philippines where we don't understand that That's there right. is a lived reality of racist yeah. problems abroad. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think, you know, we're, we're, a, we're a basketball loving country. And I, I, I worry sometimes that, you know, when, when the athletes wear, you know, those like causes at the back, like we don't, like a lot of people here don't pick up on it because they don't understand like mm-hmm. the, the reality, the danger, right? So that's another reason why it's really good for media, especially popular media to push these issues because there are island countries out there who aren't really globalized in the sense that they know what's going on. They know, yeah, they know yeah. the experiences elsewhere. A friend who studied in Germany, when she came back, told me, um, shout out to you, Marian Pakaniban. You're the best, Chiefy. She, <laughs> she, 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 this, this girl's crazy. She, she's super smart, valedictorian of her batch, gets a, a full scholarship in Germany, studies there for and several years. And now the years. world will know. <laughs> uh, comes back to the Philippines. So yeah, she's probably going to be like, why did you plug me like that online? And I'm like, but something she said to me, particularly as a person who traveled. And I've, I've noticed this. People who travel out of the country, live there for a while, and come back to the Philippines, have a different, more literally, worldly perspective than everyone else. Yeah. And she, when we were talking about it, and it was pretty academic for me. I mean, like, I understand that racism exists, but then maybe some of my points came off like I was looking at them too academically. And she said words that I'll never forget. Nate, you have racism is very real to these people outside the country. It is reality to them, and we don't see it here. And so, for me, that's why, I mean, like, I haven't lived in the U.S. My dad has. Uh, and I'm not really going to know how dangerous and frightening it is until I live there. And so, whenever a show like Captain America, Falcon and the Winter Soldier depicts... Uh, rather lightly compared to the others because it doesn't really have to be super violent even though we know it can get super yeah, it's, violent. It's not, it's not as intense as something like, let's say, Watchmen from HBO. Yes, and that scene where where Falcon, where Sam and Bucky are talking on the street outside Isaiah's yeah, house yeah. and police just immediately assume Sam's doing something wrong. Yeah, They don't even That's recognize who he is. And I'm like, in my head, other people are complaining that get that racism politics out of my shows and i'm like no but that's true because that it's an issue narratively he would experience that it's very real so it's it's like when filipino depicted it's like for me it's also nice to show that you know another side of things. Here's a people that's so detached from the world, but 
we we offer a unique perspective that other people could could gain something from. Yeah. I mean, if if I'm not saying we're the greatest country in the world, but there would be a lot less mass shootings in the U.S. if people thought like people here in the Philippines. Could be. Yeah. No, for, I, I feel like the, the, of course, the Philippines has it. Like we deal with our own issues, right, in the country, like with all the corruption, and you know, we could go on and on. Um, yeah. Spend about hours. That. But like. Mad repo. Yeah. The the the, <laughs> the differences with like. Um, countries like the U.S. or like France. And England, where a lot of um, a lot of people will um, will move to those countries, they get a lot of like foreigners who move there, immigrants and stuff like that, and, that, and that's where all these tensions sort of start building up, you know. Where it's like in the Philippines, when somebody moves to the Philippines, we're like, oh yeah, man, like welcome, like welcome, here's our like food. come, yeah, like you know, like the more the merrier. Um, although I don't know about now with with some issues in the Philippines, but like you know, like. These are all things that stem from people over the like hundreds of years moving to countries like to the United States to to like all these ones that are in England, people like migrating to France, um, and trying to coexist together in one like melding pot of like of a society. Um, whereas like in the Philippines, you know, we were sort of we were um, conquered by like Spanish and then the U.S. The and Dutch, then Japan Japanese. and then the Dutch yeah. for like a year Dutch. or two. Yeah, and then the U.S. again, and then now it's like, you know, we um, now like you know we sort of like Philippines loves the U.S.A. It's like oh yeah, like uh, we love basketball. We're like one of the best English-speaking countries in in Asia, of uh, all this stuff. Um, You're probably the most American of everything Southeast Asia. Yeah, we're yeah. pretty Western. Yeah. Which is, which makes it like, for me, the thought that why wouldn't you depict a Filipino in an American serial really weird for me? I mean, like, yeah, we should be there more. Like they say, every depiction of a hospital in the U.S. without a Filipino nurse nurse, is definitely inaccurate. That's true. (laughs) So, I mean, like. Do we always just have to be nurses? And like, you're trying to bring it back to the, the comic in the show, where I'm like, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we are allowed to be aspirational. Um, yeah, no, for sure. And I think while Wave is a nice, cute character in the comic books, this girl from Cebu, or is it Davao, Jay? I forgot. Who um, has, I think she's I, from Cebu, Cebu. Yeah. and I think she's a part of Agents of Atlas. Yeah, hyperkinetic powers and all that. But part of me mm-hmm. is like... Um, the reality abroad is very different from here in the in, in the Philippines. So I I always appreciate depictions, which I'm sure someone abroad will relate to more, like a Filipino American who sees a Filipino American character, an Asian American who yeah. now is, is going to expect Shang Chi, um, um, Asian American characters who who were drawn to Colleen Wing of Netflix, even though I I disagreed with her depiction. I mean like. I understood that on so many levels, this is good for people, and comics have always been good for people because they're representative and they are political. Yeah, I I personally even think that um, like like if I didn't read things like um, Date Date Tripper from the 
twins, mm-hmm. Gabriel Ba, Fabio Moon. I, I, you know, like it, it's about life in Brazil, right? I think I wouldn't. I, you know, at least like I have an inkling for so, how some things are. And then mm-hmm. Jean Luen Yang's American Born Chinese. Like that's an that's another book that would give you a personal experience that you might not have known, right? There's there's a lot of these things in in, in media if you just know where to look. And right? I think that's what the benefit of Disney and Marvel Studios is. They have such reach. And while other yeah. people are clamoring that there's too much diversity as if that's a bad thing or too much politics, we should expect the fourth phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe to really have more than just Caucasians. Um, yeah. It's going to be a lot. Uh, Falcon and the I'm Winter expect- Soldier. I'm Falcon- expecting a very diverse X-Men, by the way. Yeah. Marvel, just Falcon you know. and the Winter Soldier is only the beginning and it wasn't even the start start. We had a black leading actress, uh, Jotaragonist, in WandaVision with Photon, with Monica yeah. Rambeau. Um, we, it's a quiet, like I tell people, there's a lot of power in five seconds of dialogue where they show her mother, Maria Rambeau, became the head of an entire department in the oh, US. Yeah. And that's like, even if it's just small and they don't dwell on it, they're building a world that has more than just a fair skin tone and then a lot of our other characters that are coming in now uh hmm. there's this miss marvel the ones who are announced they people have actually i think missed that there are like there's a native american who's joining there's there's echo who's coming out in i believe it's it's doctor strange there's Echo's gonna be in doctor strange Echo's, oh, I'm so excited. Echo's in doctor i love strange. her I loved her in Daredevils and New Avengers. Yeah. New Avengers. And, and then Daredevil then, and New Avengers. Sorry. And then aside from Echo, there's there's um, the introduction of Miss America, Miss America Chavez, who yeah. the, they're casting an I believe an Asian Mexican girl, and so it's going to be we're going to see a lot more than just Caucasian faces. And I I, I, don't, I think it was also recently announced that Gemma, um, what's her name, Gemma Chan. Yes, is in. Um, is gonna be the Cersei. Her character Cersei is yes. gonna be the main lead character in it. Oh really? So this is yeah, that's what I heard. I'm not oh, cool. sure yet, but she's a great actress, so I'm excited for that. It's like in my in my head now. It's. I think it's one of the issues that I thought that people raised before, where they said Marvel's making up for lost time, but I always tell people that you know, let's give the first ten years a pass. Sure. Most of the heroes were white because they came from an era where white artists depicted white production. Um, And we can't even say that they're white white because these were characters made by Jews who are immigrants. Um, Most of these guys aren't even Catholic. Most of the Marvel characters are, are Southern Baptist or Jewish. Are they? Yeah, there are a lot. I mean, like... The only ones who are confirmed Catholics are like Daredevil. Daredevil. That's about it. Yeah. Very guy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, the thing is Jewish. Um, so is so uh, is Kitty Pride. So is Kitty Pride. But more often than not, I, I think it's it's safer to assume that more of these people are Protestant or Southern Baptist or anything but Roman Catholic or anything but Norm. All our characters of all these. I think Jamie been, Madrox has one. Um, Duke, who's a who's a Catholic priest, I think. Yeah, there, there is, there is one. So it's like, I, comics are always I, diverse. Yeah, I, I will say, though, um, 
it's great that Disney's doing all of these these things. They, because Disney and Marvel have a way of like, Disneyfying something, yes. right? Mm. Where <sighs> cheesy's not the word, but it's sometimes too on the head. Campy, campy. Yeah, a little campy, a little forced. They can't force these things. Um, they have to make it like you know, it it all has to make sense. Yes, narratively. In the end, right? And yeah, narratively, it, it has to be done well with like good taste, mm-hmm. you know, and like um, because you know they've they've done some stuff in the past where it's kind of like, cool, you did that. It's a little it's a little forced though. It doesn't really like even all, something like what makes sense. So, <laughs> so at at in Endgame, um, when all the the women characters came together, oh, okay, and did the thing. That that's just one example um, of how it could kind of go wrong, I think, yeah. because it's kind of a forced thing. Um, I thought it was it was pretty cool, but then apparently a lot of people didn't really like it. Yeah. No, it's um, as the no my my own like it's it's cool that they did that because there was a good cast of women there. Yeah, an but amazing. But at cast. the end, at the end, it's like. And really, my main issue, like, uh, one of my main issues was with it was, in the end, they kind of didn't achieve the goal, right? <laughs> like, mm. they were like, oh, we'll get it there. Don't worry. Yeah, the, like, the, the, we've got the help. Moment, the moment could you have know, been rhythm better. Yeah. They, you know, it could have been a real moment. They gave yeah. them a moment. Instead of like, making it like tens- a throwaway scene. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was like a throwaway scene. Because at the end, they didn't really achieve the ob- objective. Maybe if they yeah. achieved the objective. That's true. You know? But in the end, it all kind of led back to Iron Man having to snap the finger and, yeah. and him dying. Is right? this the A-Force they didn't thing? achieve the goal. No, no. Um, I'm just saying, like, we're saying that the reason why that, that scene failed in Endgame is because it was a throwaway scene. It was kind of like... It, it could have been mm-hmm. better. Yeah, they didn't build up to it. They didn't um, give them all their proper due. And in the end, they failed. They didn't do what they were supposed to do. They didn't, <laughs> did, they didn't the destroy the gauntlet. Side. They didn't get rid of the gauntlet. On the flip side, and I think, mm. I think it, it, it begs the discussion, and I respect people who took another view, particularly since a lot of women actually felt that it was on the nose. On the other side, I, I always like to tell people that if it wasn't for youth, it doesn't mean someone else didn't need it out there. There's yeah. an entire yeah. generation That's of so young true. kids who when they saw that moment, my friend's daughters, squealed inside the theaters because yeah. look at all the women and I mean from a realistic perspective when people are like the, the, the arguments always so how the hell did all the women get together and my counter argument is if it was all the men would you argue why there were no women in the scene that's true in comics they just yeah. happen to end up in these superheroic pose positions and like it just so happened that they were there and I'm like in my head is it improbable? Yes. Is it impossible? No. Does it achieve something for younger generations of women? Yes. Does it bring to fore the discussion of was it too on the nose? Yes, it does. <laughs> does it achieve feminism? It's gotten a stocking, hasn't it? That's so I true. think I think it has. Yeah. Um, yes. And, that, and that's why when when I've taken on a stance now of whenever something happens that I don't really agree with or I don't like I just say it's not that's why people kind of say it's not for me yeah Ah. it's yeah it's not for me um and that's why I didn't want to really like bring up that scene because it's not that there was anything wrong with that scene it's just that 
you know it wasn't for some people yeah 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 exactly um but i do but you know i I do get that marvel has kind of a bigger responsibility now especially with how big they've grown that they have to show all these things to change um the way hollywood is because it's it's dominantly male right dominantly male dominantly of a particular um Mm -hmm. uh demographic and admittedly some something that i think other people don't don't like to talk about, but they should. It's also yeah. predominantly black. Among all the minorities, the ones who get the most airtime are black individuals. And sometimes sometimes people say that it's because there are so many issues that need to be addressed, and so there should be more predominantly black. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm of an in, at a view of intersectionalism. Like, mm-hmm. we have to find a way as we progress to present more people of more minorities more groups because that's how varied the world is and if people say it's unrealistic more often than not people try to bank on the idea of a history book saying this was how it was but when people say history said there were no black people in europe um or in in roman times i like even to point japan out, man like yasuke uh, on netflix yeah but i mean like when people say that it was so hard to move in the past. There were boats. It wasn't easy for people to travel. I like to remind people that the term Ethiopian in ancient Roman and Greek times was the catch-all term for black people. Ethiopians are from Ethiopia in Africa. There were black people all over the world. There were people of different colors. It wasn't as small. So like, we're not really changing anything with our comics. We're just mm-hmm. we're just removing the mistaken depiction of it in the past. And yeah. while people will say the past ten years of Marvel have been predominantly white, what I have to tell them is, it's gotten us to where it is now. They had yeah. to portray these individuals because this is how the world has been, you know, conditioned to accept mm-hmm. these more easily. But now, after ten years, we're finally in a position because thanks to ten years of more predominantly white heroes an era where we're going to see more heroes regardless of skin color yeah no it's good we're we're a good we're in, we're in a good spot now they have the platform now to kind of deliver and uh and change things up there can so, um, be yeah you may not yeah, yeah. you may not be a fan of it but you're gonna watch it because it's like disney movies you may not yeah. love disney but you're gonna watch every but everyone single watches it yeah it's uh, so i guess uh so to to wrap up shows that we like to kind of uh, give a rating for the comic that we read um, and sort of things that we liked some things we didn't like um, from out of 10 if you could rate both um, Captain Falcon Winter Soldier and Red White uh, and Black what would you give it? Falcon and the and, Winter and Volume 6 and Volume, oh, and volume 6. 6 sorry don't, yeah, forget, yeah. don't forget Falcon and the Winter Soldier I'd rate it 7.5 um, with a reference that that last one I mean the highest I'll ever give is a 9 out of 10 because I believe the 10th point is entirely subjective to a person mm-hmm. so um, 7.5 out of 9 because that last point that's up to you to say for me would I give it that last one point and say it's an 8.5 I would but I like you said earlier I felt like it could have helped with more since it was put in a series format, 
it could have used more. We could have had more airtime. We could have threshed a little bit more out. It feels a lot like my love for Captain America, the first Avenger. The first film gets a solid eight for me. Minus one for screwing up Bucky, which, which they fixed later on. And um, minus one for, well, generally uh, a lacking depiction in the special effects department. So for this one, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, 7.5, just because I felt it could do better. Mm-hmm. But it really is a great show. I mean, people shouldn't see a 7.5 as like a, a, a failing score. I mean, we yeah, are very no, harsh. No, no, no. Comic geeks are very yeah. harsh people. 7.5 is yeah. pretty good. Yeah. 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 And then for, for yeah. red, white, and black, art is, I'm not even going to rate the art for, for people. It's the art itself is a medium. So that your mileage may vary. It didn't work mm-hmm. for me the first time I read it. You guys also had to look into why it was that way. But as a story, um, I would say I'd give that an 8.5. Uh, and that's not including the subjective one point. Because if I give that subjective one point, it would be a 9.5. In 2003, it was important to happen. Um, it didn't do any disservice to the Captain America story. It actually, it actually put people in a position where if you think of yourself, what would Captain America do? That mm-hmm. comic is an exact position of he's, he's going to support black people. And then, yeah, yeah. For, for Volume 9, I think, uh, for volume six, issue nineteen, uh, I'd put it on a nine, just because it's a nice standalone Captain America comic. Uh, yeah, you, 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 know, you changed my mind on that one. I was kind of like, okay, I, I read it alone, so I didn't really get it. But as you explained it, yeah, that was a solid choice. It's, it's a nice place to start and go mm-hmm. to everywhere else in the Captain America story. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Mikhail? Um, for the series, um. Maybe like a 6.57 for me. Um, I just, I came into it expecting different things. I, If I could split it in uh, the first three episodes and then the last three episodes, the last three episodes for me were way better. Um, but overall, um, after looking back at it, I, could, I understand the choices now. And that's why I, I'd give it like maybe a 7 instead of the 6.5. Um, for Red, White, and Black... I absolutely loved it. I think it's a very important like piece. Yeah. I think it's a very important like this just shows what comics can really do when it's not just, you know, trying to push forward its um it's like big story arcs, you know, like, you know, like uh, Infinite Crisis or like a Civil War or, you know, all these other big story arcs that they have when they try to like when they really narrow down to something, this is something like it could really achieve. Um mm-hmm. so I I'll give it like a I won't, I won't give it a 10, uh, but like maybe like a 9, 8.5, 9 out of 10. Um, and then for uh, the uh, issue 19, yeah. um, I initially was kind of lost when I was reading it, so I can't really give it a rating. Mm. But with Nate's explanation of it, I'd give it like a, a 7, and 8. Um, as he said, like good launching off point. It really helped, helped me understand Captain America more as a character. So, uh, yeah. Sorry about those. Okay. Uh, with me, um, the series, I would give it around a seven. Uh, mm-hmm. I was a bit kind of um, upset that we didn't get more episodes, just like you guys, because I think One Division had more episodes. So, Did it? yeah, I think so. So I'm like, why, why couldn't this Falcon and Winter Soldier yeah. show have more? 
Um, but I did love Baron Zemo. And um, I'm yeah, we did so not talk curious. About Zemo yeah, and yeah. Yeah. that yeah. scene, just watch it. That's all you yeah. need to do. Yeah. Um, and I'm also curious to see where they take Sharon Carter because I love her. So mm-hmm. curious to see where that goes. Man. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll spare you all the thesis on my Sharon problem. We'll 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 do that we'll do that over chat. Um yeah. for for red, white and black yeah. for truth, um by um by Kyle Baker and um Robert Morales. Morales? There you yeah. go. My brain froze. Um <laughs> it was amazing and I wish that they re release it again now yes. because it's definitely something that more um, people should read. People should read mm. and it's very, very crucial i think for for where we are as a mm-hmm. as a human race right now yeah, yeah. so nine out of ten mm-hmm. and um for volume six number 19 um of epting and brubaker's captain america it was really good i'd give it like a 7.5 and i would suggest everyone else to pick Pick up everything Brubaker has done on Captain America. Yes, <laughs> I concur. Yeah, I might start reading. I might start reading some of it actually. Yeah. Just so, I don't. I don't. I don't even have everything yet. But I. I yeah. am desperate to get yeah. all the Brubaker Captain. Start America's on now. Volume Five, which is the 2005 Captain America series. It's 50 issues, and that's all you need. That's a great starting point. Yeah. From there, you can get the, out to other Brubaker stuff. This guy is okay. a Frank Quietly guy, though. Oh, sorry. No, McNiven is Volume Four. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so um, Nate, I hope you enjoyed being on this yes, podcast with us. Yeah, and I hope everyone listening had a great time. Um, yeah, uh, we haven't fi- figured out what we're gonna do next, but I hope you guys yeah. keep keep up to date with that. Yeah. Check out our Twitter for for more stuff. So that's Mind Gap Comic Pod on Twitter. Um, everything's mm-hmm. there. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, Apple, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Mikhail. Yeah. Anything you want to no. throw in there? Yeah, no, th- thanks for listening. I don't really have any uh, social media to plug out there. But uh, Nate, awesome having you on, man. You've, uh, you've, yeah, man. you've expanded my, uh, my thinking on Captain America. If we do more Captain America stuff, you should definitely be back on. Yeah, yeah feel free to invite you've been an amazing, You've been forever. an amazing first guest. Yeah. And yeah. you've set the bar for everyone that follows. So, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Nate. All right. All right. See you guys. want to give a special shout out to James Santos for our podcast theme. <laughs>